Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Comsi, the place of everything related to Amazon FBA and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. And today we bring you two special guests. Her names are Alice and Ellie, and they are from Avask. And Avask, for those that may not know, is a company that helps you with everything that has to do with e-commerce accountants and VAT cross-border across the globe. So it's very interesting to have you on, on today's show because we're going to be touching everything that has to do with basically taxes and cross-border VAT, which we all know when it comes to Amazon is sometimes a, a complicated topic, you know, it's not the most uh, sexy topic to touch and it would be awesome to to basically get some value uh, out of you guys and, and just provide as much value as possible to the Amazon community. So let me now introduce you to the show. Thank you very much for being here. How are you doing, guys? No problem at all. Thank you very much for having us. So I'm Alice and I'm one of the members of our business development administration team. Um, so basically, in my role in our department, what our job is, is to look after the client through sort of registration purposes. So we advise like a constant consultancy. Um, we'll sort of establish where the client's looking to potentially expand or where they're looking to do more sales. Um, we guide them around the legislation purposes there, the VAT that they have to be registered for. And then our specific department are in charge of um, sort of getting the client all of the documents that they need. And then we would obviously communicate with the different tax offices and get them their VAT numbers. Awesome. Yeah, that's very nice. So what about you, uh, uh, Alice? Can you also introduce yourself? Yes. Yeah, thank you for having us again. Thank you. Um, so at VASC, I am an indirect tax consultant. So awesome. I work in our compliance team. So I work in a team that once um, clients have gone through Alice and they've worked out, you know, what they want to do and they've got their VAT numbers, they would then come to me and from that point onwards, I would be their main point of contact. So I would be doing all their VAT filings, depending on, you know, where they're registered. But also um, one thing that's quite unique to Avask is we have unlimited consultancy. So for any e-commerce related, you know, issues or any VAT queries, um, that would all come to me and I'll kind of be your go-to from that point forwards for yeah, all, all your e-commerce, European and VAT nice. issues. Yeah, that's very nice. Thank you very much for those two amazing introductions. Yes, I think, um, I mean, I love the experience that you guys have in, in the e-commerce space, specifically around everything that's to do with accounting and VAT, because I think that's exactly what I would like to be touching today. Um, I mean, everything that has to do with that, specifically in the Amazon space, is something that uh, I know uh, from experience, people struggle a lot. They they don't really know where to get started. They don't understand the, the regulations, the paperwork, and basically all the things that they need to take in consideration when expanding Europe. And I think I would like to use that um, as basically my first question of the day, which is basically, 
for somebody that's getting started right now in the e-commerce space and they're looking to expand in Europe, what is usually your first advice in terms of what are the first steps you should take in consideration to ensure that you are basically uh, complying with everything that's to do in the taxes and VAT side of things? Yeah. Yeah, so there's lots of sort of different ways and strategies that clients can sort of take when looking to expand. Um, so we would have a, a free consultancy session initially to sort of establish what the client's current circumstance is. Um, we would also look at kind of what types of products they're selling as to sort of gauge what sort of markets perhaps do better with that type of product. Because um, obviously we deal with quite a lot of the client base, we can sort of advise them from that perspective. Um, there are certain countries if clients are looking to maybe import into Europe in particular, there are countries yeah. that offer them different benefits. So um, you've got certain countries like, for instance, France and the Netherlands, they offer you schemes whereby a client can actually defer their import VAT once they get registered there. Um, that works a lot of good sort of circumstances into a client's actual cash flow purposes, because essentially rather than pay import VAT on an initial offset, they would actually essentially it would just be a figure that gets marked down and then instead of reclaiming it they just don't go through that process it just sort of gets marked down and then nil sort of returned on that first exchange um yeah yeah so we would sort of just guide them in terms of then when they're making sales obviously there's distant selling thresholds that they have to be aware of when trading in Europe. so if you store in any one particular country you're automatically triggering a vat liability so we would advise the client yeah. as an agent you have to then get the AT registered there so that we can help them through that guideline. Um, if they're perhaps only importing into one and storing in one country and then distant selling in the rest of Europe, we can sort of guide them through the fact of then you're looking more at what we call OSS, so the one-stop shop. So you would get yes. registered in one country and then you can file all of Europe's VAT returns once you're over the 10,000 euro threshold that applies to all of them. So there's many different ways in which we can sort of guide them through and establish what size of seller they want to be. Um, so OSS probably appeals more to maybe the slightly smaller seller that wants to test the water first. And then you sure. can even look at then expanding them further. So then if they want to look at starting to store in different countries, we can then go that step further. That's great. And, and I think now touching on something you just mentioned, which is the um, VAT basically um, triggering when you have inventory in other countries, that just uh, remind me of another thing I actually wanted to touch today, which is a pan-European program. So basically, if I'm not mistaken, the pan-European program basically means Amazon is going to distribute your uh, inventory across Europe. So um, can you briefly touch on that and, and what basically the implication it means from the day you enroll? Uh, and what are the steps you should be uh, taking with a bus to make sure that you're complying with that, for example? Yeah, definitely. I think the pan-European program is so easy to sign up to from what I yeah. understand. <laughs> you can sort of tick a box and you're underway. It's all set. That's right. um, I think sometimes from conversations I've had is maybe they didn't understand fully the fact that that actually means you are then storing in all of those separate countries, therefore you've triggered a VAT liability in all of the seven countries that are currently on that list. Um, <laughs> we've got to guide them through the VAT process for all of them because in order to then remain compliant, which I'm pretty sure Ellie's probably seen yeah, that as no, well. Yeah. It's the biggest um, kind of mistake that I see clients make without realising is that they just go on and Amazon kind of will say, what countries would you like to store in? And you can just tick 
with the boxes and all of a sudden they put all the countries yeah and you you know people are excited they're like yeah why not um without realizing that actually by ticking that box you've now got um quite a lot more work and you might have bargained for you know more than you thought you were in terms of you know your VAT responsibilities and such so yeah I think it's a great scheme but no no when you're getting into it for sure yeah yes 100 and, and I think something that's also um very interesting when it comes to pan-european program is that specifically for sellers that are right now for example in the UK We know that we cannot take any more part on this due to basically what happened after Brexit, right? So I would like to also for our audience that basically or listens based in the UK, if you can also start touching how these changes after Brexit basically affected the ability in terms of expanding into Europe. And what are the new regulations usually British sellers need to now take in consideration? before expanding to Europe because before as you said you were just clicking a button and everything was so easy but after Brexit we know there is a lot of extra regulations that you need to take into consideration yeah yeah I think definitely so before you know you could just ship exclusively into the UK and then Amazon would automatically distribute your across the channel into Europe and obviously they still do that with the pan EU system but it is you know generally exclusively within Europe you know there's not the The channel is no longer hard. <laughs> That's it. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Amazon, all of its powers is unfortunately uh, not above Brexit. So um, yeah. we, are, we are seeing more options. And I know that there were, you know, at first where clients were getting used to having to ship not only into the UK, but shipping directly into Europe as well. Um, and I know that there was, you know, we've seen teething problems with um, the tax offices as well, having to deal with, you know, these additional imports they weren't having to before um but i think generally we've seen that over the last since ioss and oss schemes were introduced last july the european tax offices as well are changing their approach to um importing so for instance france before you know they've on the first of january this year they've implemented the new deferred vat scheme so Mm. where clients before that would then being forced to ship into, you know, France or Germany, and they were seeing that the reclaim time for the import VAT was really high because Amazon were now collecting the VAT in a lot of instances. You know, we were having six to eight month waits for import VAT to be reclaimed. Um, So France definitely have adapted to that. And the deferred VAT scheme has made it much easier for, you know, our clients to import into Europe because they're not restricted by, you know, cash flow because they're waiting to get the import VAT back. Um, so I definitely yes. think it's got easier. I think there are a lot of hurdles that, you know, clients, sellers had to navigate around at first, but I think the tax offices as well have started to make yeah. it a bit easier. Yeah, to realise that they need to fix it for sure, yeah. And yeah. and you also mentioned something that is very interesting, which is basically the importing. Um, I remember that when before Brexit was very easy for a business based in the UK to basically import into Europe. But now, if I'm not mistaken, you need a physical representation on those countries, right? So I would like to know if if you can also touch on that and and what is usually the process to get that going? Because I know some people get scared that now they need to somehow trust somebody to represent them in another country. So how usually that works there? Yeah, so I mean, what we have here is we sort of try to offer essentially a one-stop shop of our own. So 
because obviously we've seen teething issues come, like Ellie said, it comes from all sorts of different angles, whether it be the tax office or a legislation change. So when it came to this whole importing becoming a little bit more tricky, what we've actually done here is we've got now an in-house customs team. Um, so we can obviously deal with UK to EU and EU to UK at the moment. Um, I know in particular in Europe, they're only focusing on sort of three countries in particular at the moment, just because there are things and paperwork that you have to navigate. So it's better that we sort of get the system and the process working accurately. Um, so from their sort of perspective, again, what we would do is we always offer the free first consultancy where they can sort of establish the situation of the seller, where you're looking to go, obviously advise based on their previous experience, which ones might be simpler again, based on depending on whether the clients, it even affects whether you're shipping just in pallets or just products on its own, just one unit or a pallet load. Um, so they can advise you based on, you know, which one's going to actually suit you better in terms of costs and make it more effective that way. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definite legislation changes that have to be monitored, but luckily yeah, for we, sure. <laughs> where we can sort of advise them to the best of our ability. That's awesome. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Um, now, I would like to go back to something that is being relatively news, which is something you already mentioned, which is the OSS, right? So um, this OSS, is this something that's going to apply for anybody wanting to sell in Europe, like people from coming from the US, people coming from uh, U um, the UK, or even people from Europe, but they want to sell in non-European countries, or this is specific based on also your business location? How does it really work? So yeah. um, anybody that's not incorporated in the EU, if they're selling yeah. exclusively on online marketplaces, so, you know, your Amazon, your eBay, Etsy, um, anything that kind of offers your shopfront for you, they will automatically collect and remit your VAT for any cross-border transactions, um, cross-border B2C transactions. So your liability to register for OSS becomes, you know, nil, you don't need it. Um, mm. One thing find that does definitely confuse sellers is that just because you don't need to have this OSS registration doesn't mean that transaction isn't taking place. I, so see, what, I see. So what effectively happens is at the point of sale you sell to Amazon domestically it's a zero rated supply to Amazon and then Amazon handle that cross-border sale to the end consumer. So I, I mean I often see people say well why do I need to submit a VAT return if Amazon are collecting and remitting all of the VAT on my sales, but unfortunately it doesn't work like that. You can't just, yeah. you know, well, I'm not incorporated in the EU, so I can do whatever I like. Um, no, you still have to declare all of those transactions as zero rated supplies to Amazon. Um, so, okay. Yeah. That's great. So, so, so basically the OSS, sorry for interrupting, it's not compulsory, uh, but still that doesn't mean that it's not going to trigger any VAT liabilities in essence. Of course, so anywhere you store, you have to have a VAT number. Um, but any of those cross-border B2C transactions where before you'd have to kind of monitor the threshold and what you sold over a certain amount, you'd need to register in a country that, you know, perhaps you didn't necessarily store in, you'd still right. need to get that number. That, you know, that responsibility is no longer on the seller. Um, Amazon will handle the OSS returns, but it is really important to know that you still need to declare all of those sales. Yeah, for sure listed wherever you're storing stock yeah awesome okay very interesting um now uh, there's also another term i've been hearing a lot lately in the european market now i would like to also touch into that which is the epr which is basically the extended producing responsibility so 
And we also explain a little bit what is that about and who actually needs that uh, when basically expanding a cross-border, yeah. Yeah, so um, basically UPR that came in sort of start of this year, really, we started seeing it. So it's not actually a new thing at all. It's something that has been around for quite a long time. It's just something more that they're now enforcing. I see. Um, it's eco contributions, really. So it's basically trying to make the full life cycle of a product more, you know, environmentally friendly, essentially. It's making sure that things are disposed of in the accurate and the best way possible to sort of protect the environment as much as possible. Um, so it sort of affects, to be honest with you, it affects all sellers. It's yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's also any type of packaging. You know, we get sort of questions whereby people question maybe the material as such, but it's it's not based on the material itself. That can change sort of the quantity of the eco contribution that you're going to make. But any form of packaging is considered like needing to register for. So we sort of guide them through in terms of what sort of contributions you're looking to make, where you're looking to make them, because we've found that even some products, like our best example is always like one of those Christmas jumpers that you get with all the lights <laughs> on. We've had one of those come through and actually that qualifies for four different categories in terms of being wow. because you've yeah. got batteries, you've got textiles, then you've got the packaging that goes around the product. It's all sorts of things like that that before possibly people wouldn't even think about. So it just makes the seller's more aware of the actual full life cycle of their product, even to when it gets disposed of. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's why I, I, I was mentioned that is something that we've been hearing a lot lately. I'm for sure not that it's been existing before, but it feels like now they're enforcing that each day more. So that's why I wanted to make sure we could explain that to our audience. So thank you for that. Um, awesome. So now another thing I also wanted to, to cover is that we know that for sure, it, once you start expanding and you start basically putting your inventory across Europe, that's going to for sure trigger your VAT compliance. But the reality is that some people sometimes don't want to do that and they just want to sell from distance, right? So can we also touch on, on that? Because I know there's definitely some threshold that you need to hit before you are compliant. But if we can just briefly touch on what are those and, and what people should take into consideration when doing this business model from distance. Yeah, it's it's sort of like, again, it's very situational. We know clients obviously perhaps want to maybe test the water a bit more rather than actually going straight for the storage option. Um, mm -hmm. We do sort of try to recommend based on where they're actually looking to go on a first instance because it can affect sort of the overall expansion plan that they're going for. Um, in particular, you've got slightly bigger markets. I think we'd agree that sort of Germany, Germany. is probably our biggest in yeah. Europe. <laughs> For um, sure. Sort of is the biggest European market anyway. They're quite a online consumer-based sort of nation. It's quite similarly to the UK, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, we sort of recommend things like you've then got the sort of mention that comes into it, which is IOSS, yeah. which is where it's with imports rather than storage. Um, so a client can get registered for IOSS, which you know, as soon as they're trading into Europe, they would need that. Um, and then we can obviously help them through the process there for them to establish their sales within Europe. That's great. Yeah. So now that you mentioned that, I actually want to use this opportunity that you offer this service to start talking more about Avask. I know you guys offer all these services that we've basically been touching today. And I would like to briefly touch on what is usually the journey of, of, a, 
Amazon seller to get started with you guys because I know it's something that's going to take time, especially if they didn't do all the paperwork before. You need to basically come in and fix all the mess that they did in <laughs> sort of VAT paperwork, which is totally normal. I mean, we in the Amazon world have other concerns like advertising, the listing, sort of that. Sometimes we leave the taxes and accounting to, to the last minute. So uh, yeah, tell us a, a, a little bit of what is the whole spectrum of Avasca. I know your main thing is e-commerce, uh, accounting, and VAT, but uh, in essence, what is the package um, an Amazon seller will get when working with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, so we would obviously start off, we've actually got separate sort of um, specific case uh, departments within the company. So okay. you would start off with what we call our business development team and that is split into two sections so you've got a business development officer that would sort of do your initial consulting um so they're there to sort of give you a bit more of an idea on strategy um so we try to guide our clients through what we like to call our 12-step plan to expansion okay. so there's 12 steps along the way that we would guide the clients through um, most of the services we can offer in-house which is part of what just every department that we can deal with but then we've also got some steps along the way where we can sort of advise partners that we work with that can sort of help you with that side of things as well. Um, but yeah, it would start with a consultancy service to establish the needs of the seller, maybe if they've already triggered VAT liabilities, where they're looking to go, just to get everything all aligned so that we're all on the same page in terms of what the plan of action is. Um, we would then obviously, if they were looking to move forward with us, they would go through what we call our onboarding process. So they would fill out application forms. And then at that point, they would be sent over to myself to make an introduction. So the administration awesome. team would contact. And then we would reach out again. We tried to do this both methods. We would sort of send out an email introduction first, just to sort of reach out to the seller as a touch base. And then we would also do an initial consultancy call as well. Um, just because the paperwork can get a little bit confusing, you know, we understand that these sellers yeah, are sure. business. Um, the business is the priority. So, you know, paperwork can be a bit time consuming and especially when we're dealing with all these different countries, it's all in different languages. It needs explaining. So, um, yeah, we would touch base with them over the phone, offer them the opportunity to ask us any questions, um, whether that be in terms of paperwork or evidence or anything that they want to know, timeframes, it can be all sorts of things. And then we sort of then from administration point of view, once we've got to the point where the first VAT number is live, this is where Ellie comes in. <laughs> Makes the magic. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Once all the kind of the VAT registrations are done for now, I mean, you might want more in the future, but at that point, yeah. um, you would leave Alice and you'd be stuck with me. <laughs> and, <laughs> I do all the VAT filings, but I think it's also um, really important to note because I know that you know the accountancy side and the VAT side of things. When you're you know expanding, that's really it's the last thing you want to do. Yeah. It's not fun. It's you know at the end of the day, you we're telling you who you need to pay. It's not <laughs> yeah, a nine. Exactly. Just tell me where I put my credit card, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that is what it comes down to is we're telling you who to pay but i think where avask is you know kind of different is that we also do that you know continual consultancy and i think it's really important to you know know that although you know we say germany's the biggest market it's not you know one expansion fits all everybody yeah. has differently and i think yeah always looking at you know what you sell the e-commerce landscape at the moment like i always say italy's great if you're selling pool cleaner 
But if you're yeah. selling, you know, hats and scarves or, you know, even <laughs> if like the culture there is to go out and, you know, shopping's more of a social scenario. So it's always just, you know, looking and evaluating and yet working together to make sure that you're always at the top of the game with, you know, advertising and everything like that. It's really an all-encompassing service that goes beyond just these are the payment details, yes. pay the office 20 euros now sort of thing. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. I mean, that's something I love from Avask is the continuous consulting because I feel other services out there is like sometimes you need to do the work for them. Like they tell you, oh, you need to fill this application. Then you don't know where to start from. You don't know what to do. But the fact that you actually when working with Avask, you have like your personal consultant where you can ask questions and actually receive advice right? Mm -hmm. than just having a service that's just robotic following steps and don't add any value. I think that's a that's amazing and that's why you guys are doing such an amazing work in, on that space Um now I think just to start concluding today's episode I usually like to ask this last question just to make sure I can get the most of you in terms of knowledge so is there anything else you think in terms of taxes accounting that you would like to share with your audience today specific Amazon sellers that you see maybe a mistake people doing a lot that is very costly for them down the line something they should do from day one so Anything that you think would be useful for, for you to share with us today? I would say one thing that I always say, which sometimes people really struggle to get their head around, is that VAT is not on you as the seller to pay. And don't include VAT, you know, in your, it's not coming out of your profits. Consider it an entirely yeah. separate thing. You know, so many people, they think, oh, you know, VAT is really expensive, but it shouldn't be because it's not coming out of, you know, your profit. It's on the end consumer. And I think to always bear that in mind, um, yes. then you will seem a lot less miserable <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. And actually what people don't understand as well is that actually VAT, if you're smart, you can offset a lot of things like when importing and things like that. So it's actually an expense that sometimes it can be beneficial for your business if you know how to use it. So it's not just an expense. Yeah, that's a good tip for sure. Awesome. So yeah, I think um, now we'd like to give you an extra minus uh, just to give us where people can find you because I know maybe some people may have specific cases they want to reach out with you guys, get the conversation going, maybe explore what Avask has to offer. So can you share with us where uh, people can get in touch with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's loads of different ways in which people can reach out to us. We've got quite a few. We, we're sort of available on most social media platforms. So that's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all sorts of things like that. Um, we've also got our personal website, so www.avastgroup.com. Um, that also caters for if people are looking to contact us in different languages. There's um, basically survey forms that you can fill in. Um, it's like an inquiry report. And what that does is that then comes straight through to us. And we can also base it on language. So if there was an Italian speaker that sent it through yeah. in Italian, we would allocate them to an Italian speaker from the get-go. Um, and then we also got our email address, which is inquiries at avastgroup.com. So any which way, and we can then reach out to you. That's awesome. Awesome. And now uh, before we, we finish, I think we also have maybe an offer, right, uh, that we'd like to to mention. So, I mean, for all the listeners um, watching this right now, we have a, our link that gives us a exclusive discount with joining Avas. But I don't know if you guys have any extra discount you also want to share. So they can have double discount or <laughs> something like that. Is there something you want to share? 
Um, so we sort of run promotions on different occasions. So at the moment, we're sort of coming to the sort of end period of our spring promotion. Um, so that's definitely something to check out. That is also on our uh, Avast Group website. So definitely have a look on there if it sort of applies to you. And then, like I say, if you fill out one of those consultancy forms, we can definitely touch base with you. Um, and then also from an importing point of view, we do quite a lot of promotions on that side. So at the moment, you've got the ATS promotion. Again, all information available on our website. Um, and yeah, there's constant promotions that come up. So yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So yeah, thank you very much for your time, Alice and Ellie. It was a pleasure to meet you today. Uh, I know this topic is huge and we could do like a series of 20, 30 episodes. So I wanted to keep it to the basics and, and the core value. But for sure, I'm looking forward to having the next one. Okay, so thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to see you again. Yeah. Thank you so thank much you. for having us. Bye bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or... Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.